Hey everyone, this is Kim Lloyd from KimLloydFitness.com and you're listening to Start Where You Are, the podcast dedicated to helping you get from the knowing to the doing. Hey, welcome to episode nine of the Start Where You Are podcast. It's been a minute since I've released a new podcast and what's really interesting is the conversation that I was already wanting to have today, some of the points that I was wanting to make today are as relevant to me and my podcast journey as they are to a lot of my clients when it comes to their fitness and nutrition journeys, and really when it comes to anything related to behavior change. Now, no worries if you're looking for Sue. She's going to be back for the next podcast. We already have plans to come together to record another one, and we're going to have actually a guest, a special guest on that podcast. So there'll be three of us. But in the meantime, I, when clients start working with me, everything that I do is online training. And what that means is that I'm going to be your guide. I'm going to be as supportive as possible. I'm going to hold you accountable. But ultimately, if you're living in California, you're living in Texas, and I'm in Maine, you are going to be responsible for doing or not doing the work. And I always like to say giving yourself grace regardless of how you show however you show up to the process is how you need to show up to the process. So as a side note, there's always grace in all of that. However, I think it's good when somebody starts a program with me to try to give them an overview of what to expect, not just within the program itself. So not just the deliverables and saying, okay, this is what the app looks like. This is how many times a week you're going to work out. Not just that, but I think it's really important to help people plan as much as possible for what the mental journey is going to look like. Now, we can't predict everything when it comes to the mental journey, but after coaching and doing this long enough, there's a, there are patterns that you see people fall into when it comes to human behavior because we're humans. And so what I like to do is just revisit or visit some of those potential behaviors that, that people are going to encounter so that you can plan for it. And when and if that time comes, you'll know that you're not just on your own. All right. So essentially, I'm going to use my podcast as an example. And this is definitely a case of do as I say, not not always as I do, because I am not flawless. That's for sure. I struggle with many different behaviors. I, I struggle in a lot of the same ways. So this is my story of the podcast. And I want you to, as I'm talking about it, think a little bit about the last time you maybe joined a fitness program or a nutrition program, or maybe you took a class and you got something that you were really excited about. This is basically, I think, what the journey looks like. So for me, last summer, I knew I wanted to do the podcast. I knew I wanted to ask Sue to be the co-host. So I, I pitched the idea to her. She was all in. We met. We came up with the title. We came up with some subjects. And then we came up with a recording schedule. And here's the thing about the beginning of, well, really any kind of process. But with podcasting, at some point, you have to decide the frequency. And everybody out there will tell you the same thing. And this totally applies to fitness and nutrition. And it's that consistency over essentially frequency, meaning don't have one month where you record seven ex, you know, episodes and release them all that month and then go seven months without recording an episode. You're better off to just have the plan to release it weekly, monthly, bi-monthly, whatever that is. So I having done podcasts before when I worked previously at a gym and the gym owner and I did a podcast, 
we did it every week and we made it happen. Now, partly we made it happen because he had a personality to just kind of get things done. Uh, I do not necessarily have that personality. I like to procrastinate. But nonetheless, I felt really confident that I could deliver. I could, we could record or I could record and release a podcast every other week. I felt like that was a perfectly manageable schedule. Fast forward, that was, uh, we released our first episode, I think, back at last fall and it's September of October. So fast forward to almost the end of, May. it's Memorial Day for Context 2023, and this is episode number nine. So we by no means have kept up with the pace that I originally thought that we were going to do. So I have a graphic that I like to go over with my clients, and I'm going to put this in the show notes so that you could take a look at it. And essentially... What I really want to focus on is not so much what's on the left side or what's on the bottom side, because that's what the, the way that this graph is sort of you know designed, but I want to focus on what the journey looks like. So it's almost like a, not quite a bell curve, but basically there are high points and low points. That's probably all you need to know for this description. High points and low points in what I call your motivation wave. So when I started my when I started my podcast last fall, and when a lot of clients come in to start a program with me, it's generally the same thing, which is that the motivation is pretty high. There's a readiness to change. So you pull the trigger, you move out of the contemplation stage, and you say, okay, I'm taking action. I'm hiring a coach. I took action. I found the platform to release the podcast on whatever. You know, I don't need to belabor the point with the analogies. But nonetheless, made a decision, I was on fire, and I was ready to go. And that's where we start. So what I see with clients is that they will they have a tendency to, when they start working with me, and I say, okay, how many workouts do you want to do? They're feeling good. They tend to have, maybe there's a lot of emotional space or physical space, or they're like, okay, I have enough time to take a breath. Now is the time to start. And so they'll say, I want to work out five days a week, 45 minutes to an hour each day. And the question I always like to ask after somebody makes a commitment to what they want their workout plan to be, let's say for the week or for the month, my next question is like, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you in executing on that goal? And if it's anything less than a nine, we want to drop it down. So in this case, if it was, if somebody said that and their confidence level was six, the question is like, okay, what do we need to do to get that to a nine? And they might say, um, how about two days a week? Oh, okay. All right. The thing about it, though, is when you first come into the process, just like I was so confident, I didn't see any reason that I wasn't going to be able to record two episodes a month. So if you would have asked me my confidence level, I would have told you it was a 10. And that's the same for a lot of clients. That is often how we start this journey in the motivation wave. So we're riding the motivation wave to get started. Ideally... We get to ride that wave for a couple days, a couple weeks, maybe even a couple months. That's in the ideal world. Realistically, one of the things that you have to plan for, and I don't like saying, I used to say plan to fail, and I don't like saying that anymore because I just don't think it's that, it's that black and white. I don't think it's that, you know, <clears throat> I don't think it's that binary. So what you do need to plan for, though, is that life is going to get lifey, and this happened for me. I, after a couple months of recording the podcast, uh, I had to be home for a while. Um, so I had to be in Pennsylvania for an extended amount of time. So I was away from my home. And anyway, life got lifey. So things get in the way. Inevitably, with all of my clients, this is going to happen in one way or the other. And the question is, 
you know, maybe it's that you travel, maybe you get sick, maybe your kids get sick, you have a change in job situation, whatever it might be, something happens and you look back on the week, the two weeks or the month, and you just couldn't make it a priority anymore because there's the reality with this process is always that there's going to be competing priorities. And the challenge is always going to be in, in getting your mindset to a place where you find a way to fit in something like your workouts or something like prioritizing your nutrition, whatever that might be. You just, you, not just, you have to understand though that at some point life is going to get lifey. So the next spot, and this is dropping you a little bit lower on the motivation wave, is where I think a lot of people my age, even I'd say even in their mid to late 20s, but certainly as you get older, you get to a place where you you have the here I go again that plays for you because you decide to start something, you get a little ways into it, something happens, you don't execute, there's a shame spiral, you feel terrible, you feel like not just here I go again, but I can never do this, I can never stick to anything, I can never make anything work, I'm, I'm not trying hard enough, the problem is me, whatever those lines might be, and you end up in the valley of despair. And the thing about it is that this is an easy place to stay because you, you kind of throw in the talent. So some people might stay in this place for years. Some people might stay in this place for the rest of their lives, really. Um, some folks are there for a couple months and then they get motivated again and then they're like, okay, I'm going to try this again. So where I think the bulk of the work is, and this is for me with the podcast, where where my work is as well is getting to a mindset. Well, first of all, it's to not second guess your decision to do do whatever the thing is. And that's really hard right now because for me, the decision is like, do I want to continue doing a podcast? Because there's so many different ways to create content and it can be on social media and it can be on, you know, it can be through writing, et cetera, et cetera. So you can second guess your decision to commit to it. And we get ourselves in a lot of trouble there. So it's understanding that if this is something that we have tried to do multiple times, there's something in our heart that is really calling us to do it. So it's not bailing on it completely. So that's the first part is when you're in that here I go again, that shame spiral, it's not giving up on the process entirely. You might have to change it a little bit, but it's not giving up on it entirely. So the next piece of it becomes working on your mindset. And this is where... I spend a lot of time with clients working on the all or nothing approach. And that is that we have a tendency, myself included, to want to do the thing exactly the way it was prescribed for us to do. So with workout programs, if my coach has three workouts for me to do every week, and this is what the warm up looks like, and this is how many sets, and this is how many reps, I feel like I have to do exactly that. And if I do anything less than that, I fail. And that's a mindset. That's why the all or nothing is a mindset. So I think the first place you have to go is like, okay, how do I fit this into my life? Not the other way around, but you start to, you're, you're looking at your life and you're saying, okay, how can I make this fit? So one of the first actual tips as you're working on your mindset, and I, I'm, for, for our purposes here, I'm starting in the valley of despair. So this is like tip number one, when you're in the valley of despair, trying to figure out how to get back in whack. When I was in college, 
I remember saying this to a friend of mine. <laughs> so he said he was out of whack. And I was like, well, I guess you better get back in whack. And he's like, where's that? And I was like, I don't know, but everybody seems to want to be there. So I'm going with getting back in whack. So the the first thing to do is schedule for you, schedule your workouts. For me, schedule the podcast. So this is where that gets really hard, though, is that you can put something on your schedule. And I've done this before for myself. I'll put my workouts on a schedule. And then a client has to reschedule. I look at my week and I realize the only way that I can fit them in is if I bump my workout. And I will do that. And that is one of the places where we really get ourselves into trouble with it. So we can put it on our schedule. So that's the first thing to do. But the, sec tip, the second tip is to treat those appointments as a priority. And I, I hear you and I feel you that that, that, is, that is a huge struggle. Um, choosing yourself in these moments is a skill and it's, it takes practice, it takes support, and it takes time. But it's not just putting the behavior on your schedule, but it is making sure that you make that a priority. All right, tip number three, take imperfect action. One of the descriptions I read in a book, I think it was the Tiny Habits book by BJ Fogg, that when it came to motivation is that his his comparison was that motivation is like your unreliable friend that's out partying all the time. And as much fun as you might have with that friend, that's not the friend that you can really count on to come and pick you up at the airport at two in the morning when your flight got delayed. Motivation is unreliable. And yet so many of us, myself included, have a tendency to say, oh, if I only felt motivated, right? We're waiting to do because we need to feel to do. And the reality is you need to do. And then when you start doing, and that's the imperfect action, action gives you movement, in turn gives you a sense of progress, which in turn gives you motivation. And so the thing that when I mentioned the all or nothing mindset the challenge is always that we want to do it a certain way. And so we don't give ourselves any room for the imperfect action. One of the questions that I like to ask clients who struggle with an all or nothing mindset is here, let me give you this question. What is the third option? So if your plan on a Monday morning was to go to the gym at five o'clock, so you put it in your schedule, you treated it like a priority. Awesome. And then work blew up and then it just, you couldn't, you had a competing priority and you need your job. So you couldn't make it to the gym. When we're in an all or nothing mindset, the either or there is I either go to the gym the way that I had scheduled or I go home and I do nothing. Realistically speaking, there's room for a third option there. And that third option is maybe I can go for a walk. Maybe I can get on my foam roller at night. Maybe there's a 10 minute YouTube video that I can do. Uh, with some yoga. But you have to be able to let go of what formally counts and formally doesn't count. That's why I like to start with my clients all expecting everything counts. When you are trying to move more, everything counts. Yes, we're going to build on that. But for the moment, it truly is trying to find a way to do more than you did yesterday, more this week than last week, and build on that. All right. So tip number four is beware of the self-limiting beliefs. And sometimes those are more obvious than others. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I have never thought of myself as a morning person. In fact, I say I'm not a morning person. As such, one of the things I've also said is that I can't work out in the morning. If I had to work out in the morning, I couldn't do it. That Now, let me be clear. It's not my preference to work out in the morning. But 
when I look back, I have absolutely gotten up and worked out in the morning. I had to do it when I was in college. I had to do it when when I was a coach. I've There's just different times in my life where I've had to do that. So do I enjoy mornings? No. Do I enjoy working out in the morning? No. Is it absolutely true that I can't do it? No. And that's one of those places when somebody pointed, that was pointed out to me as a self-loading belief. I was like, what? I was like, no, 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 that's fact. And it does feel that way. So this is where trying to pay attention to your language and what you're saying to yourself could be really, really helpful. So sometimes I'll have clients say, oh, I'm not good with technology. That's a self-limiting. Again, I understand that maybe previous experience has informed that, but I definitely go with the growth mindset. At this point, I'm not comfortable with technology. Well, that's different. We can get you comfortable with it. Comfortable lets me know that there's a growth mindset. I'm not very disciplined. Again, I love that there's a great quote um, from the book called The One Thing by Gary Keller, where he said, essentially, there's no such thing as discipline. There's just periods of time where we're disciplined enough to form habits. Um, I've never been able to stick with anything. That's something else. It's like, okay, well, anything ever at all in any part of your life or in this part of your life? Again, it's just, it's a story that you're telling yourself. So I think it's really important to, when you're working on your mindset, to bring some awareness to the way that you're talking to yourself. And are you limiting yourself in a way that, way or ways that you don't even recognize? And tip number five is remember that you're playing the long game. I can remember being in high school and I was terrible at math and I remember failing my first test and algebra and looking around in utter and total panic because I'd never I'd never failed a test before and I just I thought that was really all defining for my life and then you go home and somebody puts it in perspective for you or they try to you know my poor parents are like well you know it's just one test you have the whole semester and then in reality we're like okay well you have your whole high school career and we tend to do that though, when it comes to these short-term programs that we try. So a lot of my clients come on board for a 12-week program. And it's just what I like to have them think about is, is let's see if, if you can get to a point where you average, let's say you average two strength workouts a week for 12 weeks. Maybe your goal is to average three times a week. That's great. I totally get that. However, um, can you think about this process as the long game? Because we tend to get really tunnel focused. Like I said with the test, the tunnel focus was on that one test, missing, messing that one test up. But then from there, you kind of back it out to the semester, you back it out to the school year. And I think it's that one of the places we get lost, part of that valley of despair is the inability to back, back our viewpoint up a little bit and say, okay, sure, I missed my workouts this week and last week. However, in the grand scheme of things, for you know, for the year, um, I'm probably averaging two to three workouts a week, right? And that's the point that you want to get to where you're averaging that. So I I think that a big part of success is understanding that that success. I think success is reduced breaks, meaning when you hit that valley of despair, do you do you miss your whatever behavior changes? Do you miss it for a couple days? Do you miss it for a couple weeks? Or even if that's the case, 
basically how quickly can you get back to it? So again, remembering the long game where there's just going to be periods of your time where things aren't going to happen for a variety of reasons. How quickly can you get back to it? Try not to let that break extend any longer than you need it to. So that was longer than I thought for it just being me. But essentially, some of the thoughts around you know, playing the long game, trying to plan for success. For me, I am taking all of these tips through the podcast. So I'm putting them on my schedule, working to treat them as a priority. And also, I'm also playing the mind, the the mind game, I'm playing the long game. I'm also playing the long game with this. And so hopefully some of that was helpful. I look forward to being back again very soon, and having Sue with me and looking forward to continuing this conversation. So as always, if you get to this point, thank you so much for listening. Give us a follow. Give us a like, uh, share it if you love it. And if you have any topics you would like us to talk about, you can always email me at kim at kimloydfitness.com. Thanks, everybody.